Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 26, 2016. Today, we are reading from the big book where we are wrapping up Chapter 4, We Agnostics. We'll start out at the bottom of page 56, Thus Was Our Friend's Cornerstone, along with the following paragraph on page 57, What Is This?, and focus our sharing on that second paragraph. Today's readers are Edith R., Anita L., Martha Z., Lisa H., and Renata G., the reference number for yesterday, Monday, April 25th, 2016, is 8690. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Edith R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. This is Edith R. in Tennessee, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
we try to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Edith R. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me share, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 56, the last paragraph, where we will be reading two paragraphs and sharing on the second of the two. The first, which is for context, begins with, Thus 
was our friends. And the second, which is the focus of our discussion, begins with what is this and ends with then he knew. I will now ask Martha Z to begin reading. Good morning, Rebecca. Can you hear me? I sure can. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, This is Martha C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away. That very night years ago, it disappeared. Save for a few brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned. And at such times, a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink, even if he would. God had restored his sanity. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. Circumstances made him willing to believe. He humbly offered himself to his maker. Then he knew. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, I wanted to start with miracle of healing. Um, (laughs) For me... Um, Well, (laughs) yeah, miracle of healing. Um, I, there was nothing that I struggled with more than my food, what I called my food problem. And um, I was, I couldn't stop doing what I didn't want to do. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I was an absolute, complete bondage to food. Today, by the grace of God, it's not a problem. It's just not a problem. I'm I'm so grateful the obsession has been removed and I'm not fighting food and weight and that is is almost the most amazing miracle I could even think of. So then it talks about the elements being simple and I started thinking about honesty, open-mindedness and willingness and I'm thinking, "Hmm, where did I see that?" And that is in our spiritual experience on page 568. It says Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable, um, which means we can't live without them. So, um, you know, so we always talked about the how of the program, but actually the way that says it is it says who. So that kind of, um, anyway, I, I, want, I also want to add humility to that list of elements are simple. So then the next part, circumstances made him willing to believe. So his circumstances, his step one circumstances brought him to step two, made him willing to believe in a higher power. And for me, beaten into a state of willingness, like on 48, that's that's exactly what. So he humbly, humbly, humility, offered himself to his maker, then he knew. And um, yeah, so I mean, it, it made him willing to open up because he could see that he was powerless, his power wasn't able to solve this thing, and that he needed something else. So I, I want to just go back to the miracle of healing, because I just wanted to tell a quick story about um, about five months after I got out of treatment, my husband was unemployed. And my younger daughter, this is back in the day, this is 1989, was going into second grade. She wanted a pair of Reebok sneakers. And we had decided we were living within our means, and we could not get them for her. And I was beside myself. I was so upset, and I went and I took a walk. And I I thought, well, at least you know how you're feeling, because I was in touch with every feeling I had. 
And then all of a sudden, I realized that food had not come in as a solution to this problem. And I was so overwhelmed that I actually felt a lot better. And I just, so I just want to say that as the miracle. Like, I, 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 I get upset when people say, oh, you know, compulsive overeating will always be my knee-jerk reaction to everything. And I just want to say that has not been my experience. And I, I didn't, it wasn't something I did. It, it just happened. And, and anyway, so I just, I just wanted to share that as hope that, that this miracle can happen. You know, we, we, we need to do the work. We need to, you know, to do the steps so we can get to that place where the obsession is removed. And, and, um, this is for everybody. I'm, I am nobody special and I'm, really grateful to be with all of you. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Martha Z. Who would like to share on that second paragraph that Martha read? Chrissy M. Chrissy M. Renata. Renata G. Anyone else want to get in the queue? Carolyn S. I think I heard Carolyn, was it H? S-H, yep. Mm -hmm. S-H. And a second person at the same time? Tina S. Tina S. Maureen M. And Maureen M. Thank you for waiting for me to get the names written down. Is there anyone else who wants to share on that paragraph? I'd like to share it, Vasa O. Vasa O. Thank you. Let's go with those because we're going to finish out the chapter today. So I'm guessing one, two, three, four, five, six people will need to move on after that. So Chrissy M., go right ahead. Thank you. Um, just a quick share. Chrissy M., recovered compulsive eater and anorexic from New Jersey. And I loved hearing this today. And in my reading this morning, when I was uh, going about my, my morning routine, I I read something I read a lot about my intentions being every every decision that I make, my intentions to be free, my intentions to be free. And that's the opposite of addiction. That's the miracle of healing, that my intention is to be free. So, it's not it's not that my intention is to avoid difficult feelings or my intention is to have peace at all uh, at all costs you know peace peace around me i need to have peace within me sometimes when i make good choices for myself there's a whole wave of of difficulties around me people are reacting in different ways. But if I could keep focused on the fact that my intention is to be free every day, no matter what happens, and that's what this paragraph is saying to me, no matter what happens, there is a miracle of healing. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be immediate, but I have to just know that that's what's going to happen. If my intention is to be free, and that's not addicted, not addicted, free. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy M. Renata G. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. 
good morning, family. This is Renata G. Recovered compulsory read in New York. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they're talking about Fred here, right? And it says, what is this but a miracle of healing? And, uh, you know, Fred had a spiritual experience, you know, um, like a sudden, profound change. My experience, my awakening was this low variety, right? I had to go through all the steps until I could feel like he's, he's you know, he is feeling here in a previous paragraph. And, um, but it says, you know, yet its elements are simple circumstances made him willing and um you know my beginning had to be the same you know my circumstance had to show me you know my powerlessness with this disease was what made me willing to believe that there was a power out there that could restore me to sanity you know and then it says he humbly offered himself to his maker then he knew and so, you know, what were my circumstances that made me believe that I needed a power, right? The circumstances were that, you know, every time I picked up the food, I couldn't stop. You know, I would go completely out of control. I would be asking myself why I'm still eating. And, but, it, you know, as much as I wanted to stop, I could not stop. And... My biggest problem was that eventually when I finally stopped, my mind would always convince me to go back to the food again. And, you know, because I lived my life in this vicious cycle, everything else was falling apart. And I was full of resentments and fears and shame and guilt, and I did not know how to live life. And so, you know, those circumstances and, you know, trying to change those circumstances on my own, did not work. And so I came to the point that I became willing to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, could restore my mind. And so, you know, it says on a previous paragraph, God has restored his sanity. You know, that's why food is not the solution anymore. Because by working all the steps, you know, God showed me my higher power, whatever you want to call it, that food is not the solution. Food comes with a lot of very harmful consequences for me, you know. And the relief that it gave me was really, really brief. But now, you know, by following the, the 12 steps, I have a new way of living that takes me to the solution, which is, you know, a relationship with a higher power. And that's why, you know, in the, in the previous paragraph says, no later vicissitude ever shaking it. Because now when any thing comes up like a fear or resentment or problems in life, whatever, you know, I know my solution is a higher power and not the food. But on my own, I could never see that ever. Food was always my go-to. But today I'm free, Hi. thank God. But it was a slow process. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Renata G. Uh, that's Fritz that we're uh, finishing up about the story. And... Um, Carolyn S.H. Carolyn S.H., I think I heard you, but it didn't come through clearly.
Okay, Carolyn S.H., you may have to dial in again. We'll go to Tina S., and I'll try you again later. Tina S., are you ready? Yes, uh, thanks, Rebecca. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, well, again, you know, I repeat this every day, uh, some, some great stuff. And, you know, I, too, uh, was reading The Miracle, what is this but a miracle of healing? And that's the question mark. And before, you know, that he he answered what it actually was, and that was God restored his sanity. You know, and I also have read and understand that this was a spiritual experience for him. But for me, again, it was a spiritual awakening. And that happened through the process of working the steps. You know, I think it talks about it in step 10. You know, God restored me to sanity by this step. And, you know, there was a process. You know, I humbly offered myself to God in step three. And I was willing to go on with the rest of the steps. And and that, for me, was pretty much it about a God. You know, and through the process, you know, I developed a relationship with a power greater than myself. Well, I choose to call God today. That, by by God's grace, you know, I have a choice today today to respond differently to my circumstances which initially I never could. You know, it was just spontaneous, and it wasn't good. Today I can pause, you know, and not all the time, but, you know, because this is a work in progress, you know, and thank you, God, that I have the opportunity. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, again, it's just some really good stuff, and, I, and I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the share. So thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you, Tina S. Carolyn S.H., are you available? I think I am. Can you hear me? This is Carolyn yes. S.H. Yes, good morning, <laughs> Carolyn S.H. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, good morning, everyone. It's Carolyn S.H., uh, recovered uh, overeater from Massachusetts, currently in Mexico. And um, I wanted to chime in this morning uh, because... Uh, I had an experience last night that um, is really, um, really highlighted this whole idea of healing. So what is this but a miracle of healing? And, and what are they talking about here? They're talking about the healing. If you go back to paragraph um, prior, um, our friend's cornerstone was fixed in place. His alcoholic problem was taken away. Um, and they talk about how... Uh, except for brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned. So in my mind, it's healing that's being talked about specifically in this paragraph is the physical healing of the um, compulsions. And um, I'm on vacation and I actually have been having um, a bit of a hard time. And I, without going into detail, this is definitely a time where I would have uh, gone to sugar. And I was out to dinner last night with a group of people. And come dessert time, I didn't, it didn't even phase me. Like I, I kind of like forget about dessert now. And everyone except me ordered dessert. And my reaction is so different and foreign. I just I, I just like was sitting there watching, like I was drinking my water and enjoying the conversation and we were, I was really enjoying the people and I, I didn't even pay attention. Like I can't even tell you how much it didn't matter to me that they were eating sugar. Whereas 
um, a year ago or well, more like two years ago, um, uh, I would have like been focused on the food. I would have ordered something and that I would have been thinking about dessert, like not only throughout the whole meal, but throughout the whole day. Right. And, um, it is just so different. Um, my, my mind is so much clearer. Um, and there was another piece I was going to say. Um, oh, the, the the thing about like that this happened for Fred in one night, that, that wasn't what it was like for me. Um, when I had my last piece of sugar, I can't tell you when that, well, I know my abstinent date is November 7, 2014. Um, but it, it wasn't like I knew it was my last one. I had, you know, it wasn't like that at all. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. And I'm really happy to have been here. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Maureen M. Good morning, visionaries. My name's Maureen M. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovering. I'm really grateful today. I, uh, you know, I, it is a miracle of healing for me, and it wasn't all at once, uh, as it as it was here. Um, it was years, years in a process of giving myself over and trusting, trusting in the simple elements, simple steps of this program. It, it the elements were simple, but I was very, very difficult and very sick. Um, and I'm still working out those kinks. But I really do feel today that I believe in a power greater than myself. And I did have a moment in my recovery where I said, I can't do this anymore. Consciously, I can't do this. It doesn't work. It's not working. Either God is or God isn't. Either I'm going to live or I'm going to die. Circumstances made him willing to believe. It changed. Something shifted in me. I really don't know what it was. Maybe it was humility. But I really saw. I was blessed with, the, with seeing my addiction. And saying, this is not working. Work it. Work it. Get a sponsor. Work the steps. Do the work. And I love, you know, I've heard people say on the line, not for, not for people who need it, it's for people who do it. And I'm not always willing to do it, but I do it anyway. Because I don't want to go back there. In the paragraph before, they use pretty, pretty strong words. Um, I'll find cornerstone fixed in place, cornerstone fixed, you know, no later vicissitude of shaking it, take it away. It disappeared. Save for a few brief moments of temptation. Great revulsion has risen up in him. Um, it simply is not there if I turn my whole self over to a power greater than myself and I follow the directions. If I follow this simple element to the program, I will be miraculously healed. And I have been. 
and I'm grateful because <laughs> I worked at this. You know, I'm working at it. And the only times I didn't have this miracle was when I didn't work at it. It's really very simple. And then, you know, I'm going to give it back, too, because that's key. 12-step work is key. We have to remember where we came from. And I, I'm not done yet. I'm done. That's what I'm going to do, because that means I'm humbly offering myself to my maker. That's what it's all about. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Maureen M. Vasa O. Yes, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. And I'm Vasa O. Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from Massachusetts now. And I'm grateful to be here with every one of you. And this is a beautiful paragraph. Um, um, my turning point happened uh, October 25, 1986. And I remember my sponsor said to me, Mark, that calendar was my first meeting in Overeaters Anonymous. She had tried to 12-step me for about a week before she brought me to my first meeting. And uh, I did not know what miracles were until I experienced that miracle. And it, to me, it happened all at once like it did with Fred. I, I was so desperate. Um, my circumstances was num- uh, step one. I had battled the food addiction for 25 years in my life. And by then, there was nothing more that I wanted than what I had. I just wanted to stop eating because the food was just going to kill me the way I was going. And uh, she showed me, she said, you know, again, I was ready and I was willing to humble myself, to get on my knees and to surrender to God, which I was terrified because of God. I grew up with fearful punishing God. I didn't know whether this God was going to strike me down or raise me up. And that's what happened to me. I, once I surrendered, I put the food in God's hands and I turn my life and my will, which I didn't want to do that. I was skeptical. I was afraid. But I did it, I, you know, with my words, but I didn't really, really mean it. I was too afraid to do that. Uh, but I did like 150% surrender with the food. And that's when the miracle happened. I felt that power go through my head, from my head to my heart. And that's when I got my abstinence from that night. And I've been abstinent for all those years. It's by the grace of God. God is doing for me what I couldn't do with the food and everything in my life, gradually surrendering. But again, you know, it was not easy the next day I wanted to eat, you know, and I prayed to God. I made my phone calls, reached to the point. I did everything what I heard people were doing in the program. I surrendered to the 12 steps. I surrendered to this um, big book to the solution, I just wanted to know everything in here. And I'm still here. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. We are going to move on. So I will now ask Lisa H. to finish out this chapter by reading the last two paragraphs on page 57, beginning with Stephen Sell. This is Lisa H. Um, Good morning. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God just for today. Uh, Even so, has God restored us all to our right minds? 
To this man, the revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly. But he, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. Um, wow, well, we're at the end of We Agnostics. And the things that stand out for me this morning is the word restored. Um, I my, restored us all to our right minds because for decades, um, I really thought I was crazy. I really thought that do other people are other people drawn by the um, by the food calling to them, um, and restored means to repair or to renovate or to bring back and um, and that's what God did for me. Um, for me, the revelation was sudden when I realized that. I had an allergy of the body. I knew I had an obsession of the mind. And when I put the food down and um, began to have clarity of thought, um, literally it was uh, my mind was opened like it had never been before. But then it goes on to say it it grew, some of us grew into it slowly. And and even though, um, you know, I felt like I was waking up, um, I continued to be restored um, as I worked through these steps. Um, it also says that he has come to those who honestly have sought him. And for me, um, working the 12 steps required rigorous honesty. Um, I had to do all of this in a truthful way. I had to look at my part in things in a truthful way, or there was no way I was going to recover. Um, I remember, um, you know, in my early years in the food, I, I, uh, I was at the church every time the doors opened, and I tried mightily to draw near to God, um, but I was, I was so blocked. I was so numbed by the food and, and blocked by my emotions that um, I couldn't access them the way I, the way I wanted to. And so now, um, being recovered, I'm more, I'm able to draw near to him on a daily basis. I also think the key is um, on a daily basis because it was so easy for me to um, go to God when things were bad and, and I was miserable. Um, But when things are great and happy and going well, I think it's even more important for me uh, to draw near to God Um, and, and he will disclose himself to me. Uh, on a daily basis, and that's where the change and growth continues to come from for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. Who would like to share on the last two paragraphs? Wow. Okay, hold on a second. I heard Charles H., and I heard, was it Anita J.? Yeah, Allison J. Shoshana A. Okay, wait a second, because I don't write that fast. Allison, what was the last initial? C. C, I think you said. And who was after Allison? Shoshana H. Shoshana H. And then next R. R. Yeah. Next. Kim G. Kim G. Okay. Uh, 
should uh, let me tell you who I have. Charles H, Anita J, I believe, Allison C, I believe, Shoshana H, Nessa R, Kim G. Was there someone else? Melinda G. I didn't get either name. Sue G. Sue G, I got. Melissa C. Melissa C. Okay, I don't know if we'll have enough time, but was there anyone else who wants to try to get on the list? Rachel L. Rachel L. Okay, anybody else? Okay, thank you for your patience with me. Charles H., go right ahead. Thank you very much for your service. You're you're definitely a spiritual sister. Um, Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater just for today. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this line. uh, Where's that line here? Yeah, some of us grow into it more slowly. Willie James, William James, William James. Um, you know, for me, even, even seeing that white light, that was like death for me. That was death of that. Like it was death. <laughs> so, you know, Bill W seen a white light and he got that, 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 he got that mountaintop. It wasn't like that for me. And, you know, if, if I learned something about we agnostics, um, is that I'm, I'm an agnostic at times. And I'm not saying it to get points. Really, I, you know, at the end of the day, we trudging this road together, but we all got separate lives. So it ain't nothing. It ain't about no brownie points. It, it's about, um, it's about, it's all about recovery one day at a time, right? And and you know that line slowly reminds me of, um, page eighty four. This was to step ten. Continue to grow, right? We continue. You know, we we keep growing, man. You know, there's no fifty fifty. 50 feet trees here. We grow, you know, grow from the ground, from the ground up. There's always something new to learn. You know, page 86 tells me, you know, what could I have done better? If I wasn't a compulsive overeater, there's so much things I, I, I could do better, right? I'm not perfect, right? And I'm not here to judge nobody, and I don't care if you judge me because half the time I won't probably see you all anyway. So the bottom line is I'm here because of that common cement, right? The common cement that the problem is solved on a daily basis. It comes slowly. It comes slowly. Ain't nobody better than nobody up in here, right? And it doesn't matter what your faith is. Who cares about your faith? Who cares about your beliefs? I don't got to talk about that today. Today I talk about the solution, and the solution is in the steps, one day at a time. And it comes slowly over a period of time. Thank you, Brother Chris. Rest in peace. I'll pass. Thank you, Charles H. You know, if everybody shortens their share a little bit like Charles did, maybe you can all have a turn. Anita J. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rebecca, for your service. Uh, this is Anita J. Recovered out here west of Boston, Mass. Um, I'll try to talk quickly. There's just there are two of the sentences I wanted to mention something about. And the first one was... Um, uh, it was about being restored, restoring us to our right mind. Well, in the early days when I was in OA, I've been in, you know, over 35 years. 
uh, I would have these arguments, well, discussions, heated, with Ethel G. She was the original one out here in Massachusetts who answered an ad from California. We, you know, we have our history, too, like, like the big book. And she kept saying insanity, and I would say, no, 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 immature. I'm immature. No, it's insanity. Well, you see, I had this insane mother. I, I, I was very heavily invested in defending myself. And that's how I spent so much of my time instead of, stop it, Anita. Look at what's out here. Look at the truth. Never mind, you know, your mother. Look at yourself. Look at today and yourself. And that's what happened on vision. It never happened in all the meetings I've been to in other states and actually in a couple of other countries. It never happened until vision that I could put down defending myself. Stop the defense. You know, you're not in a courtroom. But the other one I wanted to mention was when we drew near, he disclosed himself to us. And it just makes me think of the seven-step prayer that here is a power that is willing to have all of me, unconditional acceptance of me. When did I ever feel that? Good and bad, he's willing to have all of me. And, you know, I, I never said yes. I did say yes, often. I, you know, I've been in... Um, various religious things where, you know, where you threw away everything and came forward, but it, it never lasted, just never lasted like the steps. The steps has been the miracle of my life. I, I was crawling. I didn't have to. All I had to do was climb up these steps one at a time. And thank you so much. And, you know, let's hope this program never, program, it feels like a program, that this this phone meeting never disappears, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita Day. Allison C. Hi, this is Allison C. in New Jersey. Um, I absolutely love um, this last passage, especially it's like such a great way to close uh, the agnostics, because we're talking about uh, finding God here, and it says... uh, you know, even so, God has restored us to our right minds. Um, and it just gives us so much hope at the end here. Um, and it's basically saying, you know, we all have this different experience of how we come to know higher power. Like, you know, some people it's suddenly and some people it takes a little uh, more time. And that kind of gives me hope because if I am uh, struggling to find a higher power, um, I know that if I'm not having the experience of being completely connected to a higher power, um, all I have to do is um, to seek him. It's saying um, um, when we honestly sought him, and um, if you look up thought in the dictionary, it's attempt to find. So we don't need to know exactly who this higher power is at this point. Um, we just need to keep on uh, going to him and attempting to find him. Um, and uh, really all we need is the willingness and the big book says over and over and over again in like every single paragraph almost like all we need to do is to be willing um and um you know I just really like this paragraph um a lot 
um, it gives me hope because um, I'm in the process of, you know, establishing a relationship with my higher power, and each day it kind of gets a little stronger and stronger, and I just have to get on my knees every day and uh, follow what my higher power is uh, laying out for me in this life and just trusting that, just trusting that uh, whatever comes my way, uh, my higher power will uh, help me to cope with and uh, just trusting that, um, you know, I'm in the right place at the right time. Um, So, yeah, I'm, you know, for today I am trusting that whatever it is that comes my way today, um, just for today, I can handle with the help of my higher power. Thank you for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Allison C. Shoshana H. Hi. This, hi. Hi. This is Shoshana H. Um, Recover compulsive overeater. I'm anorexic bulimic from New York. <clears throat> I. Uh, I came into this program really messed up with food, really, 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 really messed up with food. Um, And I knew that something had to change. Um, At the same time, though, I also knew that it was just a symptom. It was a symptom of my not being able to deal with life. Um, And so I turned to the food to to try to as a coping mechanism and but I couldn't there's no way that I could have dealt with life if if the food was still there if the issues with my food were still there and in terms of restoration um like we've all been talking about I I had a higher power in my life um I did but for whatever reason I just didn't like I couldn't um I, I couldn't reach that the power of that higher power, um, so to speak, to help me cope with life and not to turn to food. And with restoration, I really feel that all of us, deep down within us, even if we started as compulsive, compulsive eaters from when we were babies, I still feel like it's a restoration. It's a return to how we were before because deep within all of us, deep, deep inside within all of us, we we are so connected to our higher power and our choice, so to speak, in that most deep place within us is is not to turn to other things to help us deal with life. And I'm just so grateful that through this program, I was able to tap into my higher power on a different level that I, I was never able to before in a way that changed my life, that opened my eyes, that gave me options that I didn't have to turn to the food or away from the food, or I didn't have to obsess over how much I weighed, or I didn't have to obsess over what I was eating, what I was not eating, how much I was eating, how little I was eating, when I was eating, how I was eating, what everybody else was eating, what I I looked like, what I looked like in front of everybody else, if I was thinner than people, if I was fatter than people, all of that stuff that, that filled up my head that made me absolutely insane. And I'm just so grateful that now I actually think about different things, like how do I improve on myself? How do I, how, how I can, how I can um, take my character, quote unquote, defects and turn them into character assets? Um, how I can take my strengths and live my life um, without even thinking about food um, or lack of it or whatever it may be. So I'm just, I'm very grateful for this process um, that I've been through over the last five years in program. And I, 
um, and I'm very grateful to, I've never, I don't think I've ever spoken, I'm, I'm usually not on this meeting, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be able to share on this meeting, and for all of the strength that I get from everybody, um, when I listen to the recordings, uh, just all the strength that I get from everyone, so thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Shoshana H. Um, Nessa R is next, and Susie, I just want to give you a heads up that Kim G is going to pass, so you will be after Nessa R. Go ahead, Nessa R. Hi, good morning. My name is Nessa R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada, um, who have honestly sought him. Um, I sought God my whole entire life, uh, but I wouldn't say that he was honest. It was always... God, you know, I've been a good girl, give me my reward. God, if you do this for me, I'll be happy. You know, God, if you give me this and I'll do that. You know, that that kind of a negotiation, that kind of a selfish, um, uh, selfishly motivated request, not for one moment thinking, okay, what is God's will? It was always God do my will. And I didn't realize up until now, until I went through the steps and I was recovered, but the reason why God never quote-unquote answered me is because I never really said, you know, God, thy will be done, because I was totally blocked from God, and I needed to get unblocked, and the only way to get unblocked uh, that has worked for me uh, has been the steps, and and I guess this is why um, the preceding... um, the preceding sentence, some of us grow into it more slowly, kind of evoke the uh, the concluding sentence of, of the Ninth of Promises when it says, um, are these uh, extravagant promises we think not, they're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. It will always materialize if we work for them. Um, same thing here, but it has come to all who have honestly sought him. And what does it mean to honestly seek him? What does it mean to have worked for the promises? It means to uh, work the steps according to the guidelines set out herein in order to become unblocked from him, in order to discern what is his will and do it. Um, And when we honestly do that, then um, he discloses himself to us, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa. Our, uh, the sound quality is poor. I don't know if it was Nessa's line or if someone is unmuted. Please check uh, to make sure you're all muted because there is uh, some noise on the line. Sorry, Nessa, if that wasn't yours. Sue you're next, but before you start, could you all just check your lines, please? Susie, maybe it's your line. Um, nope. Are you unmuted? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's, see. let's see if we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, this is Suji from Michigan, Recover Compulsive Overeater. You sound great. Go right ahead. Thank you. Sue. I was being really peepy quiet, so I wouldn't. <laughs> Um, this is, you know, someone mentioned what a great way to end this chapter. You know, it starts out with the whole idea of, of, you know, if you can't stop 
when once you start, you know, you might have a spiritual illness, and only a spiritual experience will conquer it. And the whole chapter just shows you um, what not to do, what to do to get the spiritual experience. To uh, and then and then this last two paragraphs, you know, um, the restoration for, for me didn't. Um, the sanity part of my uh, life being unmanageable is what didn't come to me. Um, I had absence for two, 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 three years when I first came into program, but I came out a dry drunk because there was no spirituality. And um, I mean, I had my own spirituality, but it, it, it just uh, my life around me was whirling and twirling, and my marriage was a mess. My my kids were disrespectful. I mean, I had the same thing that other people have, but I wasn't, my religious experience, my spiritual, didn't help me with that at all because I wasn't, I wasn't turning it all over every day. I mean, I studied, I did all the things, but I didn't have that. And then, um, and it ends by saying, when we draw near to him, he discloses his, his self to us. And I had had that experience back as a teenager um, as I, you know, drew close to him and you know, he disclosed himself to me. And But again, like I said, it just wasn't enough. And I've heard more people share that, that the religious experience or the spiritual experience, church wasn't enough, church was a negative experience. Uh, experience for them, Um, but my life is being restored, my mind is being restored, which is the one thing that, and as my mind gets restored, the food becomes a non-issue, I just automatically eat correctly, and that's why I think food is not mentioned um, very little through this chapter, because they're, they're concentrating so much on the spiritual experience, because as we have that spiritual experience, the, the food just um, is, is a, is a non, is, becomes a non-issue as we continue to work steps 10 through 12. And I'm so grateful to be up to step 10 for my, I don't, my umpth time, but this time through uh, a vision for you, which I'm very grateful for. And... Uh, I just want to thank you, everybody. I appreciate the calls I get and the calls I make. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Suji. Melissa C., um, you're going to be the last person to share in this hour. And Rachel L., hopefully you can stay on for the next hour. And uh, Melissa C., go right ahead, and then we'll close. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered. Compulsive overeater in New York, and um, you know, thinking about um, drawing closer, you know, to my higher power, and as I draw closer, you know, then then he reveals himself to me, and um, and you know, and so the the fact that maybe we have this um, aha God, you know, awareness suddenly um, isn't enough. It this is a relationship that. Um, Suddenly, yes, I was aware that, yeah, there is a God. Well, my say there's no God. But that wasn't enough to get me recovered. You know, I have to, if I want the presence of my higher power in my life, I need to draw myself closer to him. And, and so long as I do that, then I can cultivate and grow this relationship. And I was 
speaking how that really applies for all relationships in my life. You know, as as a wife, you could say, well, I want my husband to be more loving. Well, I can do that by being more loving. You know, I want my children to be more respectful. Um, I can do that by being more respectful. And and it seems like that follows just with my relationship with my higher power, that um, there are things that I do to draw nearer to him, one of which, you know, the most first thing I did was put the food down because when I'm eating, I have no capacity to draw closer to my higher power. You know, and so today um, I can maintain this relationship, you know, with this power by um, by following the steps, by doing the work, you know, patience, kindliness, tolerance, love. All of those things help me draw closer to my higher power. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. It's time to close. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I will now ask Renata G. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you, Rebecca. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Sit to it, dear. Sit to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.